you see these pictures of Milwaukee with like ships going up and down the rivers, and it was it was a very big sort of maritime city for uh, for a time. Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with on Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Okay, Bobby, to the Great Lake this week on Urban Spelunking. <laughs> um, this is a restaurant that sits on a pier that has one of uh, probably... I don't want to say the best, but one of the best views of the city and the lake. We're talking about the Harbor House. And on this edition, we're going to, of course, talk about the restaurant, but also building out this portion of Milwaukee's lakefront, the pier that it's on. And this is a long process that dates back uh, the earliest to the 1800s, right? Yeah, the first pier was there, um, was built there in, in the 1840s, so wow. which was really kind of Milwaukee's first pier. Um, and... It eventually got driven away by a storm, got sort of pulled away by a storm. Um, and a couple other ones were built nearby. Um, but then they never ended up rebuilding there because they made the straight cut. We know what the straight cut is, right? It runs between. Uh, I don't know what the, the straight M cut is. Fan. It runs right under the middle of the Hone Bridge. Oh, okay. So that's not natural. That Originally, the entrances to the harbor, uh, to the rivers, was lower down. and um, But it was kind of a hassle. To okay. get access, so they ended up uh, cutting through and making the so-called straight cut because it is a straight cut. Interesting. Okay, we're <laughs> giving much better access to the rivers. Great. We're going to pick that up a little bit later on, but let's talk about Harbor House and the pier that it's on right now. Yeah. So it opened in um, 2010. Although now it sort of feels like it's been there forever. Yeah. Right? But but 12 years is a pretty long time. Yeah, right? for sure. And that happened because Michael Cudahy had um, bought the lease on the building. And um, he worked with Bartolotta to open it, so it was a partnership between the two of them. Um, and after Michael Cudahy died, um, his estate was kind of just clearing up some stuff and wanted to get out of that business. So they offered it to Bartolotta first, and they bought the other shares, and now they completely own um, what is probably Milwaukee's only sort of New England-style like traditional seafood restaurant in town, right? Yeah, it definitely has that New England feel. Um, and they're right on the Oak Leaf Trail, you know, right by a really busy publicly uh, traveled area. I mean, the lakefront is super popular. So uh, being kind of a community connection too. Yeah. And they have to buy, um, you know, their agreement is that they have to keep that walkway open for everybody. It has to be, the, it is our lakefront, right? So it should be accessible to everyone. Well, that's always really fascinated me about just like taming the great lake, you know, like Lake Michigan seems so um, untamable, but we have this built up harbor and we're going to talk more in the second part here about constructing those piers and the work to tame this great lake that's coming up next on urban spelunking do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love it's all funded by the honor system as a public radio station we're based on a very simple model we try to do something meaningful connecting with you through music and stories and then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support are you one of them Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. All right, back at the Harbor House on Milwaukee's lakefront. Let's talk about how they built this whole thing to begin with. Uh, it's just super fascinating to me. You know, obviously there was a time when the harbor of Milwaukee looked nothing like it does today. So where should we start here? Do you want to start with uh, the original pier that was there? Yeah, so they built this first pier out there that was 1,200 feet long. It's a pretty long yeah. pier, you know, but it, and it was meant to handle... Um, all kinds of ship traffic, you know, passenger, freight, all that. And there was a freight shed on it and there was a, a warehouse. So really it was much like kind of the port of Milwaukee is today, mm -hmm. but obviously on a much smaller scale. But it was right downtown. It was right at the foot of the city, um, 
where Port Milwaukee is now would have probably seemed <laughs> far away at the time. Um, but so it was there. And then they um, built a few more. They built three more piers kind of in the general area um, around that time. In 1846, that pier got blown away. There was these huge storms. And um, and these are wooden piers at the time. Yeah, right. right. I mean, that, right. They were built out of wood. So there were some of those piers obviously survived, but this one was not rebuilt. And then by, uh, you know, already they were talking about building the straight cut, uh, which we mentioned earlier. Um, and that ended up getting finished in 1857. So then there was no real reason to build a dock on that part of the lake anymore because there was much more sheltered land, you know, in the around Jones Island area and then where the rivers meet and all that. So but, how do they how do they go about constructing this this, you know, it's do they just drive like big pilings into yeah, the Yeah, I think so. Wow. In the 1840s, you mean? How, yeah, how yeah, were they yeah. doing that? I mean, it just seems like so heavy machinery and, you know. Yeah, complicated for sure, right. I think, right? Not easy. Um, and obviously not so well constructed that they were not blown away by storms. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know. Um, but so then, you know, the it's, this is interesting because this sort of relates to how things are sort of becoming again where we're getting these like different cruise ships coming to town. Um, you know, there was the the passenger ferry service and the um, was really starting to pick up in Milwaukee, um, especially after the Milwaukee Clipper launched in 1941. So then there's lots of um, ferry passengers going back and forth to Michigan and there was a couple of different ferries operating. And, and we talked about the Milwaukee Clipper we did, yeah. on, on, on Urban Spelunking. We did. Um, this was kind of the predecessor to the Lake Express, right? So yeah. a, a regular passenger ferry that mm-hmm. people would ride for business and pleasure. People would just kind of take a leisure cruise. Yeah, my mom did it with her grandmother. And I originally thought it was because they went to visit. Um, she had family in um, Michigan, but she said, no, they just did it to do it. So yeah. it was apparently a, a common thing. And I've seen lots of ads and talked to people who have said that, you know, basically it was they promoted it as a way to just sort of. Get out and have some fun. Yeah, four-hour cruise, right? Although I heard that loads of people got sick. <laughs> it was a bumpy ride. So I'm not sure how fun it was in the end. But um, So this was picking up in the 40s. Yeah, and then um, the CNO, uh, Chesapeake and Ohio, started ferry services um, in 1948. So there was like there was just a lot of ferry traffic coming. And those people wanted to come to downtown. They didn't want to go to the port, right? I mean, the same reason that now, you know, the, the Viking ship currently goes to Jones Island, but that's just temporary while they build a passenger Again, another passenger pier, this time in Bayview near the Lake Express. Oh, I didn't know that. That's coming, huh? Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, some, a a few of the, like the Pearl Mist cruises that come to Milwaukee and some others go to the pier that we're talking about today. They, they dock, you see them docked right outside Discovery World. So history is repeating itself. So that's why this pier was, they determined that they needed to build a new pier near downtown. Um, And, you know, talk began in the, by the early 50s, they were talking about it. By 1955, there were plans drawn, uh, and they started building it in 1957 with the plan to finish in 59. But it didn't open until 60. Yeah, I mean, you think about, um, when you when you see in your story, there's an aerial photo of this pier that really makes it make sense. Because if, if you're on the, you know, on, at the ground level on foot, you don't realize how huge that pier is that yeah. Harbor House sits on. But when you see that aerial view, it's like that was a huge project, uh, I'm sure, to dig that out and install it and, and make it accessible. And I think now a lot of times people don't even realize they're out on a pier. Yeah, I think it's, exactly. I mean, it's, you just think it's just the way the lakefront maybe kind of wanders in and out. But, but no, that is an actual pier. And if you look at it, you can see it's very <laughs> straight-sided. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they had to to build that. They basically built a – how they build skyscrapers now is they built a um, – they drove in those sort of metal 
um, a sheet metal that forms like a bath. They call it a bathtub. Okay. <laughs> and then they excavate out. So they they submerge a big piece of sheet metal. Well, Is they hammer it. They hammer in like big uh, steel beams to create okay. like uh, the outline of the pier. Yeah. And then then they can pump the water out, and then excavate out all of the uh, uh, the stuff that they need. So um, how can they pump the water out of, like, that, that, that's the part that I don't understand. Is, well, because the stuff is driven down low enough. I see, okay. Yeah, yeah. So they pump the water out, and then um, they can take sand out, but then fill it with, like, they fill it with landfill and stones and all kinds of other things. Like, so they, they first put in the, the pilings, yep. and then in goes this piece of sheet metal, the, the bathtub portion, right? Yep. Okay, yep. and then that, they drain that, they yep. drain the tub, yep. and then they fill it in with more of this, this like, crushed uh, concrete and... Yes. Fill. Yes. They had to bring in 235 loads of this like fill every day. Some of it came from St. Francis and some of it came from Hale's Corners. And when you say uh, uh this is like a huge truck, right? Like a six-wheel. Oh yeah, like uh, big big yeah, big dump trucks of Yeah. 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 So 235 yeah. of those, tons and tons and tons and tons a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So it's pretty amazing. So um, what they also had to do, though, was they had to dredge a channel so that ships could get through. So that's essentially making the lake deeper in that area, right? Yeah, yeah. So they had to create a 300-foot-wide, 21-foot channel from the breakwater gap to the pier so ships would have the the clearance they needed underneath the water to, to get through. And this was all um, in the 60s, right? Late 60s? The late 50s. Late yeah, 50s. it opened in 1960. And it was actually supposed to open in 59, but then in another sort of recurring thing, lake levels dropped. Mm. And um, so they had to dredge more because they lost the draft they needed to get the ships in. So this was uh, really a symbol of of the time. I mean, all this this traffic coming through Milwaukee's port needed this engineering to happen. Yeah, yeah. There was so much traffic. And there were, there were also, I mean, these ferries were joined by these things that also existed called car ferries, which we think of now as being uh, like the Lake Express. But back then, car ferries meant train cars. So mm. there was also a lot of ferry service between um, Milwaukee and Michigan with these um, car ferries. You see these pictures of Milwaukee with like ships going up and down the rivers. And it was it was a very big sort of maritime city for a, for a time. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about that, of course, like the peak of that era has passed, but there is still quite a bit of activity by the port. Um, of course, the the cruise business coming back to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not a totally bygone thing. And at this pier where Harbor House is, you mentioned, you still see ships or boats docked there. Yeah. Yeah. it's And I think it's great to see. I love it. So an interesting aside on this story is that um, even though it had not officially opened until 1960 and 1959, when they had the opening of the St. Lawrence Seaway, um, they had all the celebrations for that, and they had some Marines come to town to do like a, a simulated landing on McKinley Beach, where you know they come up with those LSTs, which are the, oh, things yeah. where the front flaps down, mm-hmm. and then the Marines run through the water and take the beach. Uh, my dad was one of those Marines. How oh yeah, par- you mentioned in the story. Yeah. yeah, you had a, kind of a family connection. Yeah, and so some of those uh, Marine vessels actually um, dock used the dock when they were in town. So it's possible my dad was actually one of the one of the first people to use the dock. So you quite... I don't know this for sure, but it's, it's possible. <laughs> you just may owe your very existence to this pier in right. some way, right? Right, <laughs> exactly. And let's talk briefly about the Pieces of Eight, because that is... Oh, yeah, how could we have forgotten yeah, Pieces of Eight? That's so. the restaurant. I mean, it was there for decades <laughs> before the Harbor House. Um, I remember going there as a kid. My dad took me out for lunch one time. He's like, I'm going to take you 
to this, the fanciest place you've ever been. And I was like, okay. So we went for lunch to the Pieces of Eight. I think I had a little clip-on tie. Oh, nice. <laughs> I think it was my birthday or something, and we went there. But I, I have one memory going there, but I, I guess I didn't know that it goes back to, what, 1969? Yeah, it opened in 69, and it was part of a chain. Um, and I'm not sure if the locations in other cities were called Pieces of Eight, but um, the company that owned it ran restaurants all around okay. the country. And I think there might have been some that were called Pieces of Eight in other cities. But um, So it was sort of pirate shipping themed sort of vibe, you know. Um, which was not tacky at the time. Which was apparently not tacky at the time. Um, unfortunately for me, or, you know, it also had sort of a Polynesian thing going yeah, on. Yeah, I was going to say, know, yeah. Like, so there was, was all like a tiki pirate yes, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, for me, I didn't come to meet Pieces of Eight until the 1980s when okay. it was really, really tired. Yeah. Really past its prime. I I remember shag carpeting that seemed kind of <laughs> smelly and dirty and like some fish tanks maybe. And I, I think remember I was, being on sort of multi-levels, you know. Yes. Like, I was probably um, just the perfect age for that. Yeah, Fish tanks and multi-levels. Like oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. If I was a little kid, it would have been great. But as, a, as like, you know, a 20-year-old, it was as sort a full of like, adult, yeah. and it seemed expensive for what it was at that point, you know. Yeah. Um, Do you know what the name meant? Pieces of eight? Yeah. It refers to... Um, it refers to like pirate money, doesn't it? Uh, you tell me. Here, it's a, on, d- a doubloon, sort of. Yeah, hold on. Let me just look. Beep, this up. beep, boop, beep, boop. You ever when, you, when you're on hold with the robot, you're calling in and they're like, "Yes, what's Please your hold. name?" And then they they pretend to type. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah, so the pieces they referred to a Spanish dollar, like a Spanish um, a denomination of money, but I think it's also very much tied to like pirate life you know like i think that's i think that's what it's really kind of referring to in in this kind of situation you know we're going to take that um, quote it's you know it's very much tied to pirate life <laughs> right like so much of what we live right, right? so Harper- it's apparently the equivalent to eight reals oh okay. so you know if you had eight reals you could that's why you get the pieces of eight right so Harbor House moves in. They there was a little uh, rebrand, right? Pieces of Eight changed their name briefly before Harbor House came in, but they it was ultimately not. Did. It didn't work. It's like Harbor Five Hundred something, and yes, Harbor Five Fifty. Yeah, it didn't work. I don't even remember that. I don't so. remember that either. And you know what's interesting is that was only in like two thousand eight. I mean, that was fairly recently, mm-hmm. you know. And I I can't remember that. Well, yeah, no. It's okay. It was not on our radar, I guess, by then. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I would, by 2008, I would have thought that Pieces of Eight was like long closed. Like it was so off the radar as a place to go by the 21st century. That is um, interesting to think about even the idea that that place could have a restaurant that was past its prime, you know, because it seems and I th- it's such a perfect location, right? I think that was sort of the thing. Like people were like, why is this place, it's such a wasted opportunity, right? Because there's this beautiful location. You get to, you know, you can look out over the water or you can turn back and you can, you know, face and see the Milwaukee Art Museum, the skyline. It's, it really is such a beautiful location. And we had just kind of this tired old restaurant in there. So that was always disappointing. Well, we're here at the end and we've got hopefully some trivia. Do you have any more trivia? Um, got a good one for us? Yes. The pier was was supposed to open in September of 1959 and as i said it it was delayed and the reason it was delayed was because they had to as we said because lake levels had dropped they had to do more dredging to get ships through but they were still able to use it for a couple of ships that september um and one of them was a yacht that was owned by cargill um which it used for like cargill like 
uh, the, the heavy meat, hitters, but yeah. also they used it to like visit different facilities all over. And cargo was a uh, meat packing, right? Cargo is all kinds of agricultural okay. stuff. Yeah, and they're still here. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but the more interesting thing was that it, uh, sorry, cargo. Uh, to me, the more interesting thing was that one of the other boats, one of the other vessels that used it was Georgian Bay Cruise Line's North American, which was here to pick up a cargo of 350 Shriners and their families to take them to a Shriner convention in Detroit. And it makes me wonder if they had like the little cars and stuff. On <laughs> it's good trivia. I love I love open-ended trivia, too, that you can kind of make up your own uh, embellishments, too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Maybe they had the cars. But 300 Shriners, huh? 350 Shriners. Wow, can you imagine the party on that boat? That boat was rocking. Must have been wild. Yes. There you go. Yes. Podcast here on 88.9 produced by me. I'm doing the editing here on <laughs> Urban Spelunking. I, I just got to get it in there. Um, yeah. And most importantly, we'd love if you could take a, a moment to rate and review the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. And we've got new episodes coming out every Tuesday. So if you're not already a subscriber, hit that subscribe button and get these content pieces delivered to you every week. And then make sure you click the description box on the player that you're using right now. And get a link to Bobby's complete story there. There's always some great uh, additional history and photos at, on Milwaukee. So check it out. And yeah, please do subscribe. We'll see you next Tuesday. See ya.